Thanks for joining us today on the Forward Church Irvington podcast. Get ready for a word from Pastor Justin. We give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the house. Amen. How many of y'all have enjoyed VBS this week at Forward? Can we just give it up for all of our kids ministry team? How many of y'all think, I, I believe we have one of the best kids pastors and kids ministry teams ever. Amen. You know, this is not your run-of-the-mill babysitting service here at Forward Church. Our kids get Jesus. 24-7, 365, it's all about Jesus. Amen. Jesus, be the center of it all. And over 40 decisions for Christ this week, I think, means a lot. 17 first-time salvations, you know, over 20 uh, recommitments, follow-ups that says, hey, I want somebody to follow up with me about my relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's all about lives being changed, souls being saved, people and families being impacted for the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. I want to share with you a, a, a scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Psalms chapter 78. I promise to be short, halfway sweet, and to the point this morning. Amen. Uh, I always tell my kids, uh, they're, they're sweet part of the time. And the other time, the other part of the time, they like to whine. Uh, so I don't know if I want to be whiny or sweet this morning, but we'll see which way I go this morning. Amen. Uh, Psalms chapter 78. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7 as our main text today. If you will, please stand for the reading of God's Word. This is something we do at Forward Church just to honor the reading of God's Word. Can I get my preaching scene back there if you don't mind the, the message scene? Thank you so much. Uh, somebody said, and God said, let there be light. Amen. And there was. And he saw that it was good. Uh, Psalms chapter 78, beginning with verse 1. If you got it, say, I got it. If not, it should be up on the screen. And it says this. Give ear, O my people, to the law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known. How many of y'all have heard those sayings? How many of y'all have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? How many of y'all have heard the good things in this, in this life? Which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Verse 4. We will not hide them from our children. Telling to the generation to come. Somebody say generation to come. Generation. Telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. And his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob. And appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers. That they should make known to their children that the generation to come on. Somebody help me preach. That the what? Generation to come. Somebody say that again. The what? Say it one more time like you believe it. The, that the generation to come might know them. That the children who would be born, that they might arise and declare to who? How many of y'all know one of these days your children are going to have children? How many of y'all know one of these days we need, to, we need to know right now that something has, has been instilled in our children that's going to make a difference in generations generations to come that they might declare them to their children that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments I want to just take a few moments today and I want to talk to you along the lines of the subject that I've titled generations to come will you pray with me God I come before you and I give you praise God I give you glory I give you honor for everything that you've accomplished this week 
But God, I need your anointing this morning. I need, God, every single word that comes out of my mouth to be ordained by you. Nothing more, nothing less. God, I want it to pierce the hearts of this congregation that we would not just be hearers of your word but doers. And I pray, God, this prayer every single Sunday, and I mean it, God, from the young to the old, every generation in this house today. I don't want anyone to leave here the same way we walked in. And I'll be quick to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, high five two or three people and tell them, get ready. Get ready. I want you to understand something. I know today has been a different day, but I've come with a word. How many of y'all are ready for a word this morning? See, everything that God has ever done on the face of this earth concerning the kingdom, not only is it multiracial, not only may it look differently and sound differently than what we used to, but I believe that the kingdom of God and the move of the kingdom of God, everything that God does on the face of the earth is a multi-generational move. Everything that God does includes every generation. God never excludes in any generation from what he has planned and purposed in the here and in the, in the now. How many of y'all know God is a generational God? All throughout God's word, all throughout the Bible, listen to me, look up here. All throughout God's word, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How many of y'all know God is a generational God and God includes every generation? And see, here's the thing about Forward Church. One of the eight atmospheres of Forward... Yeah, okay. One of the eight atmospheres of Forward Church is that we strive to be a generational church. We honor the ones before us, but we inspire the ones behind us. Meaning the seasoned saints in the room, come on. I don't want to say old. But the more seasoned people in the room, we honor you. You know why? Because we would not be where we are today. There would not have been 300 kids to come through VBS at Forward this week had it not been for the chicken dinners that you sold 30 years ago to get us to where we are today. And God's not finished with you. As long as there's breath in your lungs, God is not finished writing your story. And we still need you today in order to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. But not only do we honor the ones before us, we inspire the ones behind us. Because what God has done in those seasoned saints, our children need to hear that testimony. Our children need to hear that God's doing a work. God is moving. God is not some distant God that he's not still performing miracles. He's... That, that he's we need to know he's still saving. He's still redeeming. He's still restoring. Imagine for a moment what it would be like if everyone in our church was young. What if everyone in our church was young? How many of y'all have seen the real videos on, when I say not real, R-E-A-L, but the R-E-E-L videos on Facebook, social media, Instagram, whatever the case may be, of the... Uh, uh, the I don't know the the new age not the new age that's actually a thing um I guess the 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 young hip church you know snap back at the devil you know all the worship songs uh because he's always acting sus it's all these uh like Minecraft terms that or I'm like I guarantee you, if you walked into a worship setting like that this morning, you would, what in the world, I would get, you would have the looks that you have on your faces right now. There we go. 
But also, what if our church was what if what if our church was made up of all old people? One glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. And listen to me. We laugh, but can I tell you that is what the world sees in a lot of churches around the world today is this divide in the generations. And, it ha- and, and what the world thinks and what the church thinks, I'm, I'm not even preaching to the world this morning, I'm preaching to the church. What the church thinks is it has to be all one way or the other. And what the enemy wants to do is exploit our differences to make us divided in the church because he knows if he can divide God's house, then he stops the move of God that, wants to, that needs to take place on the face of the earth. But I've come by to tell somebody that what God is doing is a generational thing today and the young and the old will prophesy. Our old men will dream dreams and our young men will see visions. See, y'all weren't expecting this this morning. You just thought you'd come to a VBS celebration service to see some kids do some motions on the platform this morning. But I'm ready to see lives changed. I'm ready to see souls saved. I'm ready to see some people sanctified in the house this morning. I'm ready to see people baptized in the Holy Ghost this morning. With the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Because can I tell you? It's not a man-made wisdom or theology that we need today, but it's a demonstration of the Holy Ghost in the church that's going to break the yoke, that's going to break the chains, that's going to loose the bonded, that's going to open the eyes of the blind, that's going to set free. Lord, I need to calm down this morning. We got aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins and all that don't know what they stepped into right now. Twitter and Instagram versus sitting in a rocking chair talking about the weather. Lecrae versus the Gaithers. How many times you do the church clap this week? Don't start it. But thank God we're not all young. And thank God we're not all old. Because God wants to use each of us to accomplish what he has planned. Beyond all that can separate the generations in this church, we need to realize there is a promise to us and a purpose over us greater than anything that could ever divide us. I need to say that again because some of y'all let that go in one ear and out the other. There is a promise to us as God's children as the church of Jesus Christ, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. The enemy may try to divide us. The enemy may try to exploit our differences. The enemy may try to try to speak in one generation and look at the other generation and ridicule them and write them off as not just they're just a bunch of heathen, no good. There's no. But I'm going to tell you, there's a revival sweeping across the face of the earth today. And can I tell you where it's happening? It's happening in our sons and in our daughters. See, we wouldn't be able to do what we've done now had it not been for the ones before us, but whatever God starts in one generation, it's always bigger than what just that one generation can contain. I need somebody, I need some grandparents in the house this morning to realize that the work that God began in you is bigger than you. 
The word that God, I'm talking to somebody. The word that God spoke to you is bigger than you. What God starts in one generation, he doesn't always finish in that generation. See, we, we wouldn't be here had it not been for the work that God has done in the generation before us. But hear what God is saying to you mothers and fathers today. Don't forget to tell this stuff to your children. Don't forget to testify because God is saying, I'm not finished. I'm not going to finish with you, mom and dad, what I showed you I was going to do. I'm going to be, it's going to be real important that you raise up your sons and daughters so that you can, fin so that they can finish what I showed you. So that they can step into the dreams and the visions that everything that I showed you, I'm not going to finish it with you. But I'm going to finish it with your sons and your daughters. I'm going to bring it to pass with, with the next generation and the next generation if the Lord tarries. See, God let David see the temple. But David didn't build the temple. David, David saw the vision. David saw the dream. David even got everything ready. But David didn't orchestrate, he didn't bring it together. What, what God said was, I'm going to let your, your son, Solomon, is going to be the one to bring this temple together. Even though you prepared the way, you opened the door, you got all the supplies together, your son Solomon is going to see this dream come to pass. See, I'm here to tell you that there's, there's somebody in this house, you've had some dreams, you saw some visions, and you've got some things that are bigger than you, and you, you wonder why, God, why hasn't this come to pass yet? God, why hasn't this been fulfilled yet? And all of a sudden, God's going to speak to you through a pastor this morning and he's going to tell you you know what it's not going to come to pass through you like you thought it was but you know what that little that son that you have that 12 year old that 10 year old daughter you have all of a sudden she's going to be raised up as a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God she's going to start proclaiming she's going to start preaching she's going to start prophesying Woo! Don't miss this for you and your family. Sometimes people miss what God is trying to do because they're too caught up in their own unfulfilled selfish dreams. Sometimes people miss what God desires to do in their family and in generations to come because they're too focused on their unfulfilled selfish dreams. And God is trying his best to get you away from being a big part of a small thing and embrace the nature of being a small part of a very big kingdom thing. Because here's the thing, newsflash. It's not really about you. And it's not really about me. It's about the kingdom. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. This doesn't mean that your individual dreams are not important to God. It just means that the kingdom is more important. The kingdom is more important. The scripture in Psalms that we read, verses 3 and 4, the sayings of old should be communicated and not hidden from our children. You know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to, I told you I was either going to be sweet part of the time and it's part of the time I might not be sweet, but I'm just going to say what God laid on my heart this morning. How many of y'all think we got an awesome kids ministry here? 
How many of y'all think we have an awesome student ministry here? Give it up for our student pastors. Give it up for our kids pastors. It's not their job to teach your kids the Bible. It's not, it's not their responsibility to teach our kids the Bible. It's not Pastor Jennifer's job to make sure that my two sons, Jaden and Kaysen, knows God's word. But God said it's my responsibility as their parents, to, as, as their parent, me and Cassie, as their parents, to talk to them about these things, to instill them in our children so that generations to come, they will serve the Lord. See, we've put this responsibility off on other people for so long now that it's become foreign to our children's ears in their home. And the only time they hear anything about the Word of God is when they come to church. And the only thing they associate with the Word of God is church. But I'm here to tell some parents this morning, it's time we get these sayings of old back in our houses. And I know I'm not spitting and hollering and shouting right now, but I feel this deep down in my soul. It's time we get the Word of God. I'm going to say it till somebody catches on to it. It's time we get the Word of God audible. Let them hear it in the Word. You know, parents, what your kids need to hear today? They need to hear you praying out loud. They need to hear you uh, reading the Word of God out loud. Every once in a while, they need to be accustomed with you just coming in their room and saying, I'm about to lay my hands on you and pray over you. I'm going to anoint you with oil. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. I'm going to bind the enemy in Jesus' name. They need to be accustomed to that because that's the kingdom mentality. But the kingdom mentality has become so foreign to us today because Help us, God. Do you understand the way to reveal the truth, Mom and Dad, is to, to communicate it to our babies? When you're not talking about it and telling them the truth, the devil is busy filling in the blanks and the questions they have. It's not that they don't have questions. It's not that they don't want to know. It's not that they, the desire is there. We can't say the desire is not there. The desire is there. If you don't believe the desire is there, keep up with how much time they spend on YouTube searching for answers. If you don't believe the desire is there, look at how hard the enemy's trying to fill their ears and their minds with all this hogwash that's going on today. If you don't believe that the desire is there, there is a void in our kids' lives that is a God-shaped spiritual Holy Ghost void that can only be fulfilled if we share the truth to them. And if we don't share the truth, the devil is going to be busy, the enemy is going to be busy filling that void and filling those answers with lies. Parents, it's up to us. And here's the thing. You might say, well, pastor, you just preaching angry this morning. You better believe it I'm preaching angry because I'm mad at the enemy. I'm mad at the devil because the whole time the devil's after our kids, all the devil's trying to do is stir up division in the church, exploiting the generations. All he's doing is just stirring up each other's just differences in the church. Personality clashes, arguing over petty, stupid stuff. And yes, I said stupid because I'm mad. I'm mad at the enemy. It's because as long as the enemy can keep the church arguing at one another, we ignore the real enemy. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You and I are not the enemy, but the enemy is the enemy. And it's time we put the devil in his place and tell him where he, he can go because he has no authority. You're saved and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He has no authority over you in your life. Greater is he that's within you than he that is in this world. 
And here's the thing. You've come to a VBS celebration service today. And you thought you'd just come to see kids celebrate. But I've come to celebrate some sons and daughters who once was lost, but now they're found. Once was blind, but now they see. See, we need to tell our children these old sayings are truths. Because one of these days, if the Lord tarries, they're going to have children. And one generation's compromise is the next generation's tolerance and acceptance. And that generation's tolerance and acceptance is the next generation's celebration. If you don't believe me, just look back what's taken place over this earth in the past month. One generation's compromise or we're not going to stand up, we're not going to speak out, we don't really care. The next generation just, just becomes the norm. And then the following generation, ooh, it's celebrated. How do we ensure that if the Lord tarries that our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren walk in the truth, live in the glory, and testify about being in the presence of God? How? How do we do this, church? Let me ask you another question. Is it even important to you? Is it important to me? Where is it in our priorities? I don't care if I get one hand clap here, amen right here. You can be a, it's, it's not whether you're for me or against me this morning. And don't take this statement the wrong way. It's either whether you're for God or against God this morning. I'm just the messenger this morning. I'm just the messenger. You can like me or you can hate me. It really doesn't matter to me. Because I've got one mission this morning, and that's to share truth in love. That's to share truth in love. Because the Bible says you'll hear the truth, and the truth will make you free. Everything we do here is for two reasons. We love God, and we love people. If you love God and you love people, you share truth. You don't water it down. You don't beat around the bush. This is life and death we're talking about this morning. You don't believe me? I'm going to close with this. Moms and dads, we need to be genuinely concerned about our children. Those that are here and those that are coming that have not even been born yet. We need to be concerned. Somebody come to the keyboard. See, one of the most sobering and saddest stories in the Bible is the scripture I'm about to read to you. Isaiah chapter 39. I want you to follow along with me in this story. This story is about a king by the name of Hezekiah in the Old Testament. God sent a prophet to warn Hezekiah of what was coming. And listen, watch what Hezekiah responds. Listen, watch, watch this. Isaiah chapter 39. And at that time... Merodach, Baladon, if that name is pronounced differently, then come tell me after church. The son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. And Hezekiah was pleased with them and showed them the house of his treasures. He showed them. He opened up, the, he opened up his house. He opened it up. He, he opened it. I could preach, I could use this scripture right here, I could preach it. Open doors. What, what are you opening up your house to? What are you opening up your kids to? See, because, and I could preach right here, and I could preach a clothesline sermon, I could preach all the things, I could preach on the hand sins, but it ain't the hand sins that I'm worried about this morning, it's the heart. 
What's the old casting crown song? The journey from your mind to your hands is shorter than what you think. He opened up his house. He showed it. Invited the enemy in. Hezekiah was pleased with him and showed them the house of his treasures, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious things, the sacred things, the important things, the precious ointment and all his armory, all that was found among his treasures. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Nothing that he didn't show them. God sent Isaiah Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and he said to him, what did these men say and from where did they come to you? So Hezekiah said, they came to me from a far country, from Babylon. Lord, have mercy. I ain't got time to get into all that this morning. He said, what have they seen in your house? What have you opened up the enemy? What doors have you showed them? What have you done? Hezekiah answered. They've seen it all. They've seen all that's in my house. There's nothing among my treasures that I've not showed them. Then Isaiah, listen, listen. He said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. When that statement is made in the Old Testament, this is, a, this is through the unction, through the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon the prophet to speak what the word of the Lord has. We need to hear this this morning. This has application to us. This is not just some kind of Old Testament story that, you know what, has nothing to do with us today. It has so much application for where we are as, as parents today. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried, carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall, listen, and they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the place of King Babylon, of the king of Babylon. They're going to be carried away to the enemy. This was a result of the king opening up his home, his palace, to the enemy. But that's not the worst part. That's not the worst part. Verse 8 is the worst part of all of this. Verse 8 is the biggest tragedy of all of this. You want to hear it? Here it is. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. How in the world? Your sons is going to be taken. They're going to be eunuchs to the king in Babylon. And nothing's going to be left. You're going to be wiped out. You're going to be destroyed. Why is it good? For he said, at least there will be peace and truth. In my days, I ain't got to worry about it. I ain't got to worry about it. I'm going to tell you something. The decisions we make 
The life we lead, how we walk, matters. I want you to understand something today. It's not about a one-time decision. It's not about I came down to the altar when I was six years old and got saved and now I can just live how I want to live the rest of my life and it not affect anyone. You know, it's just me and mine. At least it'll be, at least, at least it'll be good for me. No, the way we live, the way we walk, what we show our kids for generations to come. I could have preached a dozen different sermons this morning, but the Holy Spirit led me to this one. So where are we at today? I want to ask you a question. Are you concerned about those who are coming? Are you concerned about all these kids that was up here on this stage this morning? Here's the thing. I think you are. I really think you are. I really believe you are. Because if you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be here today. I believe you're concerned, but maybe you don't understand completely. And I'm not trying to sound insulting right here, but maybe you're not, you don't quite understand the, the weight of it all. We just came to see the kids. We just came to thank God you came to see the kids, but God's got a divine appointment with you today. We've ministered to kids all week long. You know what? You know who our target is today? It's you. Newsflash. You said, Pastor, you, you said earlier, it's not about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about souls being added to the kingdom. And every person in this house represents a soul this morning. You've got a choice today. Life is full of choices. You chose to get up and come to church this morning. But right now, you're going to be faced with a choice. What is the choice? Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call on heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. I want you to understand something this morning. Every time we come into God's house, that's the weight. We celebrate, we have fun, we high five, we do all these fun things. Church is supposed to be fun. But every time we come into God's house, you know what we're dealing with? Life and death. I'm not trying to minimize physical health problems this morning you know what but but when people are on when people are sick and in the hospital and man it's just you feel the weight of that that person that's sick and you and you do everything you you do everything you can but I want you to understand something this morning that's just and I'm not minimize that's a physical life and this life is a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. And what takes place all across this world on Sunday morning, this morning, is so much more important than what takes place in every single hospital. Because not only does it hold weight in the here and now, but for all of eternity. All eternity. Set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Listen, therefore choose life that both you and your, I'm going to go over here, that both you 
and your for generations to come. The choice that you make doesn't just affect you. Your sons, your daughters, your granddaughters for generations to come that both you and your descendants may live. Everybody stand. Thanks again for joining us on the Forward Church Podcast. We hope today's message was a blessing to you. If you'd like more information, you can check us out on Facebook or at forwardchurchonline.com. 